Live and local across the city and South Cambridgeshire. This is Lee Chambers. Cambridge 105 Radio. My lovely guest is here now, Kelly Me from Fitness Expert, Nutrition Expert. Good morning. Hello, good morning. How are you? I'm all right. It's so nice to actually be physically in the studio and not on the phone. Isn't it? It's lovely to see you. Lovely. <laughs> it was like we had a hug earlier as well. It was just <laughs> nice being able to hug people again. Uh, so you're here to talk about the effects of ageing and menopause on the gut and digestion yes. and uh, I, I know you won't mind me saying this is something that's kind of sprung out of your own personal experience yeah absolutely so I've been one of those people who's been unfortunate to have had uh, so gut problems for many years um, actually probably this might relate to people listening I think many women at some point in their life have um, a period of disordered eating be that not eating enough having strict fatty diets or overeating due to you know emotional reasons that definitely is linked to general gut problems if you're not careful so I think I was an undereater when I was younger which has made me sort of predisposed to having some issues but yes more most recently um, my GP was convinced I had stomach cancer, so I had lots of um, scary tests done. But it's revealed I do not, luckily. I just have a very imbalanced gut, which we'll talk about in more detail. Yes, shortly. and, and that, that's to do with uh, age. Um, mm. why, why would you have a more imbalanced gut at this age than 20 years ago? I think when we start going through sort of perimenopause, which obviously obviously can happen for up to 10 years before your periods actually stop, this um, sort of downgrading of oestrogen, estradiol, is it can just cause lots of havoc and our gut can be impacted. But actually what I've been researching is how important gut health is across the whole body. We used to just think that it was just relating to digestion and the absorption of nutrients, but we now know that gut health is hugely important for hormone health, regulating our metabolism and also regulating our central nervous system and automatic nervous system. And there's a whole host of things in menopause with our symptoms that can be made so much worse if we've got poor gut health. So how would we know if you've got poor gut health? What would the symptoms be? Oh, generally sort of IBS is a classic thing so um, I I kind of for years have kind of suffered I suppose with irritable bowel syndrome I think lots of people do so um, IBS is often, it's a symptom of just having an imbalance in the good and the bad bacterias so a well kind of a well balanced diverse diet will give us all the stuff we need to help us balance out. There's two types of bacteria in our gut um, that, that make up 90% of our gut bacteria. You've got the good ones, which are called bacteroides, I can never say that properly, and firmicutes, which are the bad ones, bad. Like the sugar junkies, yep. firmicutes are. So often, if you've kind of got a diet that is rich in processed foods, too much carbohydrates and sugars, um, perhaps you've had antibiotics that have killed off some good bacteria, the firmicutes could have kind of taken hold, that can give you bowel, yeah, bloating, gas, perhaps constipation, diarrhea, general stomach pain, um, digestion, all those kind of things. All those things that we recognise as, yeah, poor gut health. Yeah. So uh, you're suggesting then that if a bad diet can cause that, can good diet cure it, rectify it? Can it can really help, yeah, really rectify it. So I've been kind of researching all the things that I kind of have been doing. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a nutrition coach. I'm a 
I run my running coach and a personal trainer, so I do eat really well. But actually, what's caused mine to really flare up, we think, is because I was training for an ultra marathon. So I was doing so many long runs, and obviously to fuel a long run, you eat more carbohydrate. So unbeknownst to me, one of my bad bacteria, the sugar, the sugar-friendly ones, as in the, the naughty ones, was running rampage. And then I then have been feeding my gut loads of extra rice, pasta, bread, all kind of good whole whole foods, but just too much, too much of them. Too much carbohydrate can be bad. Yeah. yeah so cut down on your carbs. Yeah. Don't yeah. cut them all out completely. But yeah, we we are so bad in this country, and across lots of other sort of countries, eating too much carbohydrate. What about, are there good carbs though? We hear there are good carbs like sweet potatoes and rye bread and all of this. Yeah, so things, um, whole foods that are rich in fibre or plant-based foods are brilliant. So people often don't realise that the fruit and veg are actually part of the carbohydrate family. We always think about carbohydrates as being starch. That's just one element of carbohydrates. You've got sugars, you've got starches and you've got fibres. So we can eat lots of carbohydrate but the fiber kind so we should be eating a minimum of 25 grams of fiber a day minimum and fiber we will find in uh whole wheel bread whole meat bread um whole whole meal pasta that kind of thing yes and all fruits and vegetables like yeah all fruits and veg are going to contain fiber so things okay foods that are really good are so have you heard of polyphenols Yes, I don't know what they are. So polyphenols are really... So you've got um, fruit polyphenols, berries particularly good. You've got veg, all, all your vegetables, nuts and seeds, beans, dark chocolate. Oh, nice. Coffee and tea, olive oil, red wine. So the Mediterranean diet I could is live packed. on that. I know. <laughs> well, that's like the Mediterranean diet in a nutshell, isn't it? It's like they are... It's a polyphenol happy diet, but it makes people really healthy and live a long time. So I've got, right, do you know, I'm going to reel off some things that people who are listening who might be menopausal are going through and I'm going to just emphasise why eating a very good, um, varied diet will help with these symptoms. So sleep, anyone who's struggling with sleep, if you've got poor gut diversity, so you've got too many bad bacteria, not enough good, that can interrupt your REM and deep sleep from happening, for example, because we know that the brain is affected by our gut. Hugely. We didn't know that before, but we do now. Who has brain fog? Oh, Kelly puts a hand yes, up. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, so go good, good gut health protects our brain and does improve our cognition. So if, you're, yeah, if you are really prone to brain fog, don't eat junk food. It will make it ten times worse. Okay, metabolism improvement. So better better body composition so i mean having more muscle and less less body fat um here's a really oh, it's a fascinating story a lady in america was given a fecal transplant for her for she had chronic pelvic inflammatory disease and she had a normal bmi 16 months after the operation she'd gained 34 pounds and was considered then obese and it was because the bacteria implanted into her was rich in firmicutes, the bad ones, and it made her body composition change so significantly. Wow. Fascinating how that just that's proof that good and bad good and bad bacteria are really relevant. Okay, bone health, clean eating gives you denser bones. We need that as we get as eighty percent of hip fractures are women in menopausal years. We're much more predisposed to osteoporosis. Energy improvements. Who feels fatigued and a little bit? you know, a little bit lacking in yes, energy. Yes, we up. know that clean eating 
gives you more energy than junk food might give you a temporary fix but it actually makes you feel worse overall and anyone listening has menopausal joint pain that's a symptom that people don't often associate with with menopause but joint pain aches and pains really significant so reduced inflammation by having lots of healthy food as opposed to lots of sugary food sugary foods increases inflammation in the body what about fermented foods? Because these are the big thing now mm. that you should be eating fermented food, kimchi and sauerkraut and that kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. They are so good. So they are what's called probiotics. So they kind of help feed and um, cultivate the good bacteria. So yeah, you mentioned already. So kefir, that's a good one. Sauerkraut, um, kimchi, kombucha drink. Um, I'm, I'm just about to start making my own kimchi actually because my daughter loves kimchi it's so easy but it's one of those things that cost a fortune in waitrose (laughs) (laughs) so i'm gonna make it myself um yeah that's it fermented foods in general superb so a a plant-based diet really what about that for those people who want to eat meat what kind of meat? oh you can still eat meat try i mean i eat meat i try to eat as much as i can really healthy lean good quality meat so avoid the really high processed fatty meats and yeah fish chicken good cuts of um red meat that are not fatty they're all going to be fine it's just having everything in moderation and um, gluten-free, what about gluten? Because lots of people are suddenly steering clear of gluten these days. Yeah, do you know what? I'm sadly one of those people that has to, I have to not eat gluten. It's one of my doctor's orders, actually, that I, um, I am gluten intolerant, been tested for celiac. However, if you don't need to cut out gluten, don't. People often think they've got a glu- gluten problem. It might be a yeast problem. So I was going to say dig deep, um, actually do a bit of an exclusion diet, find out whether you really need to be cutting out something because um, gluten-free stuff generally is quite expensive and doesn't taste very nice. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, the bread is really hard to get, oh, get friendly with. Um, and exercise, is that important as well? Uh, yes, exercise, believe it or not, is really good for promoting a healthy gut. So when we exercise, our gut gets warmer, and there is a less oxygen flow to the stomach because obviously the body is sending oxygen to your your limbs to move, which works in a really good way. When we have less oxygen and a warmer gut, we grow the good bacteria and the firmicutes, the bad ones, they actually can get um, stunted and they don't tend to thrive in that environment. So regular, moderate exercise, really good. Intense, extreme exercise, like the kind that I talked about at the beginning, like running for three hours non-stop and eating things like energy gels can be quite harmful to bacteria in your stomach and can actually foster more problems, hence why I've had trouble. Okay, I won't go on a three-hour run now. Now <laughs> you've said that. Uh, what about medication or things that you can buy over the counter to ease gut health? There are so many things out there. If you if you're in like chronic chronic pain um i i'm not going to say don't go and take anything for it try and take things that are more natural um i would suggest though looking at your diet and trying to do it with proper food just natural good foods probably a bit cheaper and more enjoyable lovely thank you kelly and if people want to find out more about you and your work where should they go so my company is called train in sync as in S-Y-N-C, not the kitchen sink. And it's all about helping women to train and eat in synchronisation with their hormones. So they can find me on social media, Instagram or Facebook. Lovely. Lovely to see you. Thank you very much for coming in today. Thanks for having me. Cambridge 105 Radio.